never hung out a shingle that said, bring me all your problems and I will counsel you and help you solve them. I never claimed to be a counselor. I'm an author. I'm a Bible study teacher. And yes, I'm a podcaster. But that doesn't make me a trained counselor. Now, any of us can counsel from the Word of God skillfully when we have studied God's Word and we're living it. But that doesn't mean that we're trained for every situation. And so I have chosen not to counsel people long distance, and especially when they're total strangers. You know, that doesn't stop people from asking. There are ways that we can give wise counsel, but we do need to be careful. Thank you for joining Keep the Heart for today's podcast with Francie Taylor. Francie is an author, teacher, and conference speaker. Sharing lessons from the Word of God is her passion. Now, back to today's important study. We're so used to things being instant these days that I think we've gotten to the point where we expect counsel to be instant, too. Kind of like Dr. Know-it-all in a can. Can I just get this counsel in four easy steps and I want my problems to be in by 10 and out by four because I've got a life to live? But it doesn't work like that. And in order for us to give wise counsel, there are some things from Scripture that we need to consider as well because it's likely that you're going to be put in the position where you're going to be giving biblical counsel to someone, even if it's just on a smaller scale. We want to be careful, though, and I'm going to highlight that in this episode. We're just going to cover five different things to consider on how to give wise counsel. Number one, be sure that you're living right. Psalm 119 verse 133 says, Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Understand that we can't give what we don't have. And so if we're not walking with God, how are we going to be able to give counsel for someone else to walk with God? Our manner of living affects our counsel. If you have an influence that's heavily driven by the media or by popular social media, it will affect your counsel. It will influence your thinking, and whatever influences your thinking will affect your counsel. Your lifestyle is also a pattern for others. They will do as you do more often than they'll do as you say. Your walk is the beginning of your counsel. So be sure that you're living right and ask the Lord to order your steps and to keep you from any iniquity. Number two out of five, stay within your area of expertise. Now, this is not always possible because sometimes, especially for pastor's wives where you have people coming into the office and they just plow right in and back up the truck and dump the whole load of problems and there you are. You may have times when you're out of your area, but that doesn't mean you can't ask for a little bit of time to pray and even to seek counsel yourself. Sometimes we may end up passing a person to another trained counselor. But Proverbs 15.22 reminds us that without counsel, purposes are disappointed, but in the multitude of counselors, they are established. There are counselors for a variety of areas, and we want to try to be sure that we're not giving counsel outside of an area that we have knowledge. Now, that means wives, you're definitely going to be able to counsel younger wives, but an unmarried girl, a single girl, doesn't make the greatest counselor for a younger wife. Mothers can counsel younger mothers. Having someone who's further down in the race of life than you are 
is going to be someone who can pass you a baton that has experience written on it. The Bible tells us in Titus 2 that the aged women are instructed to counsel younger women. An aged woman is someone who is older than you are, and you are an aged woman to someone who is younger than you. Now keep in mind under number two that some areas really do require experts. Things like physical health, mental health, finances, etc. It really helps when we have a trained counselor in these situations that are more difficult. We're really seeking to help. We're part of the multitude of counselors that are trying to help establish wisdom. Number three, use the Bible as your principal counseling manual. Now, Proverbs 19.21 says there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. I heard a pastor, he was an evangelist visiting our church years ago, and I heard him say this, opinions are like armpits. Everybody's got them. Most of them stink. This is really just another way of saying use your opinion like a strong spice, very sparingly. When you're making pumpkin bread, if you know how to do that, you understand that it calls for maybe a teaspoon of cinnamon. So do you unscrew the top and dump the whole bottle in there because you really like the taste of cinnamon? No, that's not what we're going to do. It's going to result in a ruined loaf. Well, the same is true with opinions. When we abuse our opinions by really forcing them on people or coming in with our unsolicited advice, that's going to end up causing people to really back away from us. And understand that even if they do stand there and listen, if the advice wasn't requested, there's an automatic fog switch that a person can trip in their mind and they can click you off. And then the next time they've got a mental picture of you as a person who meddles. So be really careful about overusing your opinion when it's really the Bible that we need to share. Beware of your personal feelings about a matter. When you're counseling a woman who's, for example, uh, dealing with infidelity in her marriage, and let's say you've gone through that very fiery trial, you don't want to let your feelings color biblical counsel. Counseling a friend to get a divorce for infidelity because you went through infidelity and you chose that course, that's not using your Bible as a counseling manual. That's using your experience as a counseling guide. Be very careful about personal feelings. Always have verses to go with your counseling points. This backs up what you're saying with God's Word. And I'm talking about verses in context. I'm not talking about grab a verse here, grab a verse there. Even though you hear me using Proverbs liberally, Proverbs are standalone verses. But if I'm going to go to, say, Philippians, and I'm going to talk about each esteeming other better than themselves, I'm going to explain that passage in the context in which it was written, because context always matters. But back up what you're saying with the Word of God. Number four, pass the tough cases to the appropriate counselors. This is so important. We are not the best woman for every job. So that means we're not the best counselor for every situation. And in fact, in some cases, instead of helping, we actually could do some harm. He that passeth by and meddleth with strife belonging not to him is like one that taketh a dog by the ears, it says in Proverbs 26, 17. Now, mind you, if someone came to you, you didn't go and grab the strife. You didn't go and stick your nose in it. But once you're in it and you realize it's a case that's not for you, there should be a cutoff. 
Some things are out of our area. Who do you pass it to? Well, if it's one of your church family members, pass it to the pastor and his wife. Or if it's someone that has something extreme going on, refer them to a godly Christian counselor. And if you don't know of one, find the name of a a couple of them. Ask around in your church family or, or from pastoral staff and get some godly counselors that you can refer people to. Keep a short list of those anyway. Sometimes there are things that are going on that are so severe and they can't be handled over a cup of coffee sitting in a couple of cushy chairs. So when in doubt, especially in a case when it's at your church, pass it to the pastor or ask him for the name of a counselor that you can refer someone to. It's not good for those of us who can't help to have too much knowledge of the personal situations of other people. So you may want to stop a conversation that seems to be going too deep into details when you're not part of the problem and you're also not part of the solution. Remember, we talked about that before, and you really do not want to put yourself in that position. Finally, under number four, minding our own business keeps us out of trouble. Some people have actually brought extra trouble on themselves by meddling in a situation that actually should have been handled by an appropriate counselor. So pass those tough cases to the appropriate counselors and make it your aim not to be involved in a situation where you actually can't help. If you can't help, then you really don't need to know all the details. And finally, number five, pray and then park your expectations at the door. Now, what kind of expectations am I talking about? Well, if we're not trained counselors, we may expect that somebody is going to Take our advice, walk out the door, follow it right away, and all will be well. Park that expectation at the door. Listen to what it says in Luke 9.23. It's a familiar passage with Jesus speaking. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. It takes time for people to die to themselves. So give people time. The fruit won't come overnight. There are some plants that they sell in the plant nursery down here in Florida that promise to give you citrus fruit the same year that you take them home. Citrus takes quite a few years to develop good fruit. So what they're really promising is fruit, but they didn't promise it would taste good. (laughs) And fruit out of season rarely tastes good. People need time to grow, to develop, to learn to walk with God, to learn to follow his wisdom and his word. People need time to die to self. Also keep in mind that some people are very slow growers. They're listening, but they aren't yet heeding what you've said. Don't take that personally. Remember to get a Q-tip and keep it in your purse or your pocket because you remember what that acronym stands for. Quit taking it personally. When someone doesn't follow counsel you've given them, it is not a personal matter. So make sure that you're patient with people who are slow growers. They heard what you said, but they haven't grown to the point yet where they're willing to heed what you've said. Also, be sure that your instructions are clear. If a person doesn't understand what you mean when you're giving them counsel, how can they follow it? And finally, under number five, people have a choice to take or leave our counsel. Spend the most time with people who are the best listeners. When people come to you for counsel and then they want to debate and argue, 
they're really not ready for counsel. Don't take that personally either. Just be gracious and understand that they're not at that point yet where they really want help. People do sometimes mistake wanting to vent with wanting to get counsel. They're not the same. Venting is just letting it all out, whereas seeking counsel is seeking solutions. Giving counsel is a serious matter with the Lord. We don't want to take it lightly. Pray and ask the Lord to give you wisdom before you give any counsel. You've been listening to Francie Taylor. For more from Francie, visit keeptheheart.com for devotionals, books, and the popular Bible study series, I See You in Christ Unconditionally. I See You is flexible by design and encourages users to develop the habit of daily Bible study. Visit keeptheheart.com today. Thank you for listening.